Let us pray. God, as we begin this message, God, as we hear your holy word, God, may you enter our hearts. May you give us peace. May you help us learn, God, from your holy scripture. And give us the openness, God, as we hear the words of Paul, God, to have changed lives. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So just kind of a warning, this is a hard message, at least for me. Maybe you guys might walk out and say, you know, that wasn't too bad. But it's about sowing and reaping this morning. And I feel like I at least had one grandmother told me I sow, I reap what I sow, right? You reap what you sow. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We do have four points for you, but they're not as long as normal, okay? So Galatians 6, 7 through 10, I'm going to read it for you once, and then we're just going to walk through that verse together. Make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. And those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. So today is the end of our sermon series on Galatians. It was supposed to end several weeks ago with me going to the hospital and whatnot. We have stretched it out. And guess what I've decided? Because I love Galatians so much, the next sermon series is going to be on Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians. It's another great book. Again, sowing and reaping have some harsh realities for this church and the church. So when you hear what I'm having to say this morning, you might take it to heart. If you look in 2021, we are reaping the liberal agendas of the church 20 plus years ago. 20 years ago, people sewed into the fabric of the Christian church things that they, they wanted to see, right? We are reaping the fruits of consumer Christianity. Do you know what consumer Christianity is? Can I get an amen? Can I get a raise of hands if you know what that is? All right. Do we know what a consumer is? All right. That's all of us, right? We consume things. We, we buy things that we desire, Right? The church in 2021 has been accustomed to being consumers. Right? We are to give to the Lord with all our hearts, mind, soul, strength. Right? It's about giving, not taking. And we have to go back to that focus of the church from our focus on sexual identities to race to social justice over evangelism the result of sowing sin into the fabric of the American church is prevalent today. Can I get an amen? The American church, 
the movement of anti-clericalism, that's the pastor, right? To disregarding the office of pastor to the point of hired hands, that the NALC will lose 70% of its clergy in the next 10 years. 10 years. And let me tell you, we're not alone. Every denomination out there is losing its pastors. It's people called into ministry because of what we have sowed into the fabric of the American church. And we look at First Evangelical Lutheran Church of Great Manor. Man, that's a mouthful every time. And we can see that we have sown many good things. We have sowed, you can look at the pictures of our past and you could tell a congregation of love and dedication and desire to reach that next generation. And we look here this morning and all of these kids that are connected to this church, and guess what? They're not the only ones. Because of years of sowing good seed to reach those kids. But somewhere along the way, as we look at our text this morning, not all have sowed good seed. Some, in fact, have sowed seed to benefit themselves over the body. We read that in the text this morning in Galatians chapter 6. So, friends, no more. As Martin Luther told church officials, as they told him to recant of his sin, here I stand. We will sow good seed in a good and fertile land here in Dundalk. We have good and fertile land. There are people needing Jesus. There are new families coming into this community. I preached it and preached it and preached it. And today, today, you might see some. You might see people you've never seen. As soon as they see an ice cream truck and a water slide out here, I guarantee you, there will be people out here that you've never seen. I look back at last October, all of those kids that came for our trunk or treat. A good and fertile land. A land filled with opportunities that we must seize the day. We must seize the moments. But we have to work for the good of all, the scripture tells us. And my friends, we can do it. We have an opportunity to make a difference for Jesus. Because in our first verse this morning, it tells us that God will not be mocked. Verse 7, make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Amen? Friends, looking at this text, Paul cannot make it any more clear. We will harvest what we plant. If we plant weeds, we're going to get weeds, right? If we plant sunflowers, we're going to get sunflowers, right? We are going to reap what we sow. So what are we going to harvest? See, in these verses, Paul parallels other readings from the gospel. And basically what it tells us is we can fool the world, but we will not fool the Lord. We can fool the world. We can be the greatest car salesman out there, right? 
the best real estate agent that sells that house. But guess what? When it comes to God, he knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows my mind. There's nothing that I can hide from him. My goodness, friends, we have been through the ringer together this past year, right? It's been a little over a year now, a year and a month almost since I've been here. And I know that just me being at this pulpit is a huge change for many people. You had one pastor for 42 years, friends, and I loved your pastor. We've, we've talked. We've communicated for 42 years, and you have this 30-year-old young man behind the pulpit that has changed, and I have a beard, right? Totally different. And in that year, I tried not to make huge changes. I did. I promise. In fact, the major change that I believe I have made is that TV right there in the sanctuary. And I know it is still talked about, right? And after a year of hard, hard work, Jen and Kevin and Mr. John, I thank you. We have a nursery for our kids. We will have a nursery, right? Now, we still need volunteers. So please, those that are excited about it, I need you to volunteer. But I'm still told on a weekly basis what people think, what all the people think. And I'm just going to tell you, friends, it's rubbish. So friends, we don't mock God. If you remember last week, I asked the question, do you want to see the church grow and thrive? And I got almost every single person to raise their hand. Every single person said, we want this church to grow. But friends, God won't be mocked. You can't fool the Lord. That's what we're reading in the text. So if you want him, if you want this church to grow and thrive, not only do you say it, but you present it by your words, your actions, and your deeds. God, guys, you have to be open to the Lord. We have to look into our hearts and be honest. Are we dedicated? Are we dedicated to Jesus Christ and this church for it to grow and thrive for the Lord? Are we not? We need the congregation, friends. We need the church to rise up and give of that time, talent, and treasure. Because why? We will reap what we sow. Verse 8. And those who plant for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. We will reap what we sow. Paul tells us if we plant for only our benefit, we will reap devastation. Devastation. So I want you to think, what does that word mean to you, to be devastated, right? Again, you know, I'm going to think of Katrina and thousands of people on the streets, homes flooded, people not able to eat. I think of Afghanistan right now with some of these refugees, right? Devastation. If we plant 
for our own selfish desires, we will reap devastation. But when we plant for the Holy Spirit, according to the text, we will inherit eternal life. And those we reach for Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior will also inherit eternal life, right? God is using us to reach the lost. And let me tell you, friends, there's a lot of lost people in this world. There's a lot of lost people that don't know Jesus. There are people that are dying today without a relationship with Christ. And that is terrible, right? I don't want to be responsible because I didn't tell my neighbor about Christ. I don't want to be held responsible when I go before the Lord, when I had every opportunity to share Jesus, friends. So I want us to think through this eighth verse, what are some things that we have done that have been selfish? Both our personal lives, our family, and to our church. And what are those things that we need to repent of? What are those sins of our past that we're not in control of, right? I'm not in control of what happened here 100 years ago, 50 years ago, etc. But what are some sins that we can repent from as a body of Christ? And once we repent, once we seek true forgiveness, we can sow seed for the Holy Spirit without compromise, without trouble, and hear this, friends, without division. The church is so much more than Sunday morning. It's so much more than worship styles, friends. This morning we blended the service. Some might love it, some might not, but it's so much more than worship styles. It's so much more than hymnals. It's so much more than what Pastor Blue wears on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than what the sanctuary happens to look like. Friends, I earn for the day of unity in this body of Christ, for the Holy Spirit to bring out this community of faith, to share Jesus with this community in needing of the Holy Spirit. A day where we don't complain over dumb crap, but over what can be done to plant even more good seed in Dundalk. That's my dream, friends. That's my dream. Because we will reap what we sow. We will reap what we sow, friends. But it may take time. Point nine here, verse nine. Let's not get tired of doing good because in time we will harvest if we don't give up, friends. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes dedication. It's time this morning, friends. And while some of us may never see the promised land, some of us may never see it. You're sowing good and faithful seed in this church, in this community, and maybe that seed may not grow until you are in the church eternal. But friends, it's worth it. It's, it's worth it to see how God will work in a community of faith. I've shared this. I'm witnessing this in my own life. In my first call as a senior pastor, we had to pass the offering plates just to pay the utility bills, right? There was very little money to do ministry. It was a, it was a struggle. 
But three years after we have we merged with another church, they were doing so much outreach to the lost sheep of that community. And it's an incredible thing to witness how God through time can work. That that seed that I effort I, I with all my effort, heart, soul, mind, strength put into is finally doing good. And yes, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that I'm not there in the promised land when they're doing all these great ministries and outreach that I dreamed of. But it's not about me. It's about what Jesus is doing. So friends, we can bear good fruits. What do we want our legacy to be? What do you want your legacy to be as a member of this congregation? Right? When, when you go beyond and be with Jesus, what do you want people to remember you as? I hope, just as we want Jesus to remember and say to us, my good and faithful servant, that members of this church can, can look at you when you pass and say, she was a good and faithful servant. He was a good and faithful servant. He dedicated his whole life to reach the lost for Jesus. Because again, I tell you, my retirees in the congregation, you have more time than the rest of us, right? You, God can use you in some incredible ways in your retirement. And I don't care if you're 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, right? God can use you, amen? And lastly, verse 10 here. So then let's work for the good of all. Whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. Now hear this, the last part, the household of faith. That's us this morning, family. We are the household of faith. And we are to do good of all whenever we have the opportunity. Right? We are always to be loving towards each other, to support one another, to bear each other's burdens as we talked about last Sunday. So let's work together. We have an opportunity and we must do good, be good stewards of everything God has given us. We must work for the good and not for bad or evil. Satan will not win. Satan will not win. Friends, I believe Satan has been in this church. And let me tell you, friends, I heard him on Christmas Day. And if you want to hear more, I'll tell you later. But I need us to band together as one people, as believers of Christ Jesus, to work together for good. I need the congregation to trust me to be the pastor, to lead this flock. And I need your trust to make decisions and to work together for the vision of First Lutheran. And we must seize the opportunity to be the church Jesus is calling us to be without reservation. So know the next 12 months, I will do my best to do no harm, to love you all sincerely, and to love God. But I will move forward with the office of pastor so we can truly encompass that threefold vision, faith, family, future and to sow seeds in this incredible community. So in closing, friends, I want you to pray for God's intervention in the lives of those fooling us, as the verse says, 
I want you to pray for the seeds that we will sow this next year. I want you to pray for patience as we wait for the harvest. And lastly, I want you to pray for unity in this church so that we can be all that God has called us to be. And this is my, my last request. I want everybody in this church to take at least one day, if you're not already doing it, one day a week to just pray for the church. One day. That's all I'm asking. And I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe the Lord through prayer can change this culture. Man, it is so incredible to see you all in church this morning. It's been a joy. It's been incredible to, to hear the voices, to hear joy, to hear to see the kids, right? This is the church. This is what I want to see every single Sunday. I want to see this church be the example of Jesus to Dundalk. Amen? Let us pray. God, be with us. Be with us, God, in this next year as we sow good seed. God, as we move forward, as we work together for Jesus, God, help us be your body. Help us focus on what's important, God, and that is the lost people. God, the people that don't know you, God, the people that are dying every single day without a relationship with Christ, God, help us be the hands and feet. Help us make a difference in this world, God, in this community. God, the sins of this town, God, from, from addiction issues, God, to all the problems that we as a church can be an example of healing and strength for. Help us reach the widows and the widowers and the lost. God, help us be your people. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.